Jessie Williams. Welcome to Invest Like a Girl podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Now, you're my business coach, but for any of the listeners that don't know who you are, give us the elevator pitch. What do you do? Where do you live? Yeah, so I'm from Melbourne, Australia. Um, And like you said, I'm a business coach, but I come from business from quite um, a little bit more of a mindset level. So while there's totally the business, the strategy and refining things and building out your product suite and things like that, there's also an element of really working on like evolving the human as well. So my belief is we can only expand our business to the depth of the human. So I do a lot of things like shadow work, energetics and stuff like that as well to support business growth too. I love this. Now, for anyone listening who doesn't really understand the concept yet of shadow work, how would you explain that to someone? Yeah, so to to simplify it as much as I can, I would just kind of put that into the terms of your shadows are any aspects of your personality that are unconscious to you. So they're kind of like what you don't know that you don't even know. So that can be patterns, it can be traits and things like that, that you're not aware that you are, that you express, that you play out sometimes. So it's like for someone who who is like dead set that they're not a liar. And, you know, I've played with this with clients before where I've, I've done masterclasses and I was like who says that they're just not a liar and they never lie and and their hands always go up they're like well I'm not a liar and I always say like who's ever lied to a friend about why they actually can't catch up with them rather than just being honest and hands go up and everyone's like so it's starting to see those things where it's like your immediate reaction is to not identify with something and just bringing into your conscious awareness where maybe you can be that or you can do that and things like that And the benefit of shadow work and why we even do that in the first place is the more conscious we are of something, obviously the more control we have over it. And it's just bringing more duality to the soul as well. Yeah. And it's something that I love about you that you bring up shadow work, even in our coaching container in a way that's really, it makes you actually realize things about yourself. You're like, holy fuck, that's actually going to bring me into my power. Mm, yeah. And I, and I would say like a lot of the time people can get really scared from the word shadow work, but I would say I do shadow work on clients all the time and they don't know we're doing shadow work or I don't say, mm. I don't always say that's a shadow or really we're just doing work on unconscious patterns where they didn't realize there was something bringing something into their awareness, like asking questions to kind of like thought provoke people into seeing different patterns or, or where they may be sabotaging or things can be le- leaking out in their life and their business and things like that as well, which is cool. What has been the biggest leak that you had to like tie up this year in your biggest milestone? Like what happened for you this year? I would say there's not necessarily just one thing, but Mm. to put an umbrella under it would just be congruency. So seeing where my biggest leak in general was just where I was being incongruent. So where I said that I valued something, but my actions weren't reflective of what I said that I value, where I said that I wanted something, but I was still entertaining things that didn't make sense to be at that level. So as a couple of examples, you know, there would be friendships that I said that I wanted and and people that I said that I wanted in my life or I wanted to be surrounded by expanders, yet I was still entertaining other friendships or behaviors that the expanders I wanted to be friends with wouldn't be friends with me if I was entertaining those things. So it was really looking at where I had to kind of like clean things up to be the person that was a match for what I said I wanted. And I don't even mean that on an energetic level. I just mean it just physically makes sense that we're going to be drawn to people um, that are doing and entertaining things in their life that are at different levels of whatever we're 
entertaining things like that as well. Um, there was also, you know, saying that I valued my health and I was ordering Uber Eats four nights a week, you know? So it, I said I valued health, but I wasn't going to the gym, like d- just different things like that as well, where I was like, oh, but, but business, but work and things. And so really coming into a state of bringing more congruency to my human and to my life. So working out, looking after my health, making sure I'm fucking hydrated. Um, a lot of friendships ended for me this year. So there was just a lot of things where I just kind of had to clean things up in that regard so that I actually had more space and capacity for what I actually said that I wanted and valued. And then how do you feel that you've drawn in what you wanted more of? Yeah. So when I kind of started cleaning up a lot of those things, then it really um, pulled me out of, and it's not the right word for it, but for a lack of better word, it pulled me out of imposter syndrome. So the way I look at it is let's just say you've got a friend that's a huge expander or someone that you want to be friends with that feels very, very expansive. And you don't feel worthy of that friendship. You're like, oh, someone like that would never want to be friends with me. They're like, whatever you put them on the pedestal, whatever it may be. Yet the reason you're feeling like an imposter or you're pedestaling that person is because you're still entertaining those friendships. So if you're having conversations over here that that are shallow, that are leaky, that are toxic, that are dumpy, of course, you're going to feel like an imposter syndrome when you step into a space or a connection where it's clean, where it's empowering, where it's expansive, where it's deep. You're going to feel a little bit like, who the fuck am I to be conversing with this person? You're going to feel like a fake and a fraud. So there has to be an element that we're cleaning up the lower vibrational things that we're entertaining. And while yes, that can be people, it can also just be habits, behaviors, and things like that as well. So we actually feel congruent and worthy and calm and grounded and regulated and anchored when we're playing into those higher frequency spaces as well. So for me, when I started cleaning up a lot of lower frequency things in my life, I would say the other things just naturally presented themselves. I naturally felt confident. I naturally felt worthy. I naturally felt in my power. So that meant that even in my business or my marketing, I would naturally speak or articulate myself from a place of power, which meant more people would see me in the power and more people would buy, which meant my business would grow or the kind of friendships that I would call in and things like that as well. So very much me just being able to make action from a state of power so other people could see me in it. And then the actions kind of and and the outcomes would reflect that as well. I love that. And I feel like even watching your journey, like I found you through Felicity. So my NLP coach, Blake, was like, shared something about Felicity and they were in Byron together. And I remember following, following Flick like three years ago. And then I kind of like saw you two together and I was like, there's such an interesting dynamic there that I think is really rare. Mm, yeah, we get that. <laughs> right. So yeah. how do you feel like that relationship, like how did you guys meet and how did that kind of like evolve for you two? Yeah. So we met in a business mastermind together um, and the mastermind we were in. And and just to preface this, I would say I wasn't the most mature investor at the time. So how I would have navigated that situation now would probably be different. Um, And there would be a level of me taking more responsibility, even though there were things that weren't my responsibility. But to put it short, the mastermind wasn't what it kind of was supposed to have been and there was a lot of like emotional dumping and there was a lot of leaky things and the coach wasn't speaking to it so it didn't actually feel like an expansive and or an empowering space it felt like a space coming into and I was like fuck I'm sitting on this call and just like listening to dumping and that's not expanding me um so 
I, at the time, Felicity was the only other Australian in the mastermind. And I kind of just like sent her a DM and just kind of like opened up that can of worms. And she expressed that she was feeling the same. So we decided to jump on a call together. And we really wanted to soundboard to make sure we weren't projecting on the coach. So making sure we weren't just like not being responsible, um, making the, the coach's fault and really just checking that it actually was true, that there actually was things that weren't being spe- spoken to and things like that. So we both made the decision to leave. Um, and when we made the decision to leave, we kind of decided to stay in touch. So then we at least had each other since we didn't have the mastermind anymore. And then we kind of did some Zoom calls together, um, started speaking back and forth, connecting, met in person. And then our friendship just like really flourished from there. That's so cool. I love that. So was that, obviously we're not going to say the name of the person, but was that an American mastermind? It was an American mastermind. Yeah. It was based in the US. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. And like, I feel like the last, like you've spoken about this a lot through your social medias. And even with me, when you started the container about tightening up your boundaries and how you've gotten really clear on that. What are some uncomfortable situations that kind of have like challenged that this year for you and how have you navigated that? Yeah, I would say like um, one, turning people away. Like Mm -hmm. that was one, you know, there was a time in my business where I was that I help anyone and everyone. Um, And so to get to a business, like a level of business where I'm being somewhat picky with who I work with and and being able to say to people, and and it's a different energy because I would say I've definitely turned people away in the past in early days, but it was generally they weren't a good fit for the program. Like it was like, hey, I actually don't think this is the best investment for you based on what you what you need. It's not really that. That's easy, right? Actually making sure someone that there's a clean investment. It's a different level and a different frequency to play in when it's just like the vibe's not there. Like that's kind of like a different energy of where you're actually just having to just like hold your your energy and your boundary and your desire and the standards you have for yourself as a coach and a leader. So things like turning people away. Um, And I would say probably one of the hardest ones is I've ended contracts early. So I've had clients that I've taken on board and it's got to a level where it hasn't felt fully clean for me. And I've had to turn around to them and be like, Hey, I have so much care for you, but like the container is not feeling clean and and we need to end our container. So things like that, where I've had to like honor stuff like that too. Um, and then also just being like, being like, um, like even I wouldn't say it's the word of boundary, but it's like a standard for me of like being honest and speaking to what I see. So if I can see someone's doing a leaky behavior or they've got a shadow that's playing out that I actually think is cock blocking them or blocking them from growth, like it feels in integrity for me to speak that. And this year I really had to come into a place of like personal power of being okay, being the villain, being okay, being disliked in, in honor of integrity and speaking to what I can see. And, and even if the person didn't like it, knowing that even if it didn't land in that moment, that that would land six months later, 12 months later, or they would hit a point where they're like, Oh, I get what she meant now. And they benefit. So um, yeah, just a lot of like being more assertive in my communication and things like that as well. And I, you know what, I actually just fucking love that because I just think so many women are so afraid to actually live in integrity and speak their truth in afraid of being judged as bitchy or, you know, whatever the word they want to use. Um, but it's something that I actually value. And it's probably this, like the the second thing of why I chose you as my coach, because I generally appreciate that you're not going to tell me what I want to hear. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know? I'm, not, I'm not here to blow smoke up anyone's ass. And like the yeah. way I like look at mentorship is like we pay for people to expand us or to steer us in a direction that's going to help us grow. So if if someone's just sitting in there and I'm hiring a mentor to just blow smoke up my ass and tell me how amazing I'm doing it and cheer me on and say I'm doing the best ever when I've got I'm doing like like a hundred cooked things and like I'm being a leaky human and and like stuff like that. What what am I paying someone for? So for me, I'm like always like whether it's an uncomfortable thing or not, I truly believe that people are paying for, for paying me to expand them. And often we get expanded by knowing what we didn't previously know. So that's kind of like how I just run with that. And I love it. Yeah. And what, what with you and for like, what in you and Felicity's container, what is something that she's brought up this year that you're like, oh my fucking God, I didn't see that. Um, is there anything? A lot of it has been light shadow work. So a lot of me actually not seeing my power on me not seeing where I'm at. So it's not like, like there's been like dark shadow work and things like that as well, but it's just been like little things um, where I've kind of been like, yeah, cool. I can see that and stuff like that. Um, I would say the biggest things have been power things. So her seeing where I'm at as a coach, as a leader or reflecting things around how people like to invest in me or why people are investing in me. And I'm like, oh, that's not, I don't see that. That's not, you know, so there's been a lot of me updating my concept of self based on like pulling in external awareness. So um you know, even energy of like feeling like things are a fluke and then not actually taking responsibility for the business that I built and things like that. So there's a lot of things that Flick saw my power much um, sooner than I did. Um, And there's been things where she's reflected and I've actually rejected them. Um, And then it's been over a period of time, me feeling safe to actually open up and, and receive them as well. And I think that's something that a lot of women, we kind of play down, especially like, you know, we, you know, I think partners or like, how's your little business going? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like one of those things where we were like, we want to stay in humble and we don't want to take this like power and actually run with it. But I think it's, it's funny watching that shift in you, like even over the last few months that I've kind of been in your world, it's like, you can really see every level. You're like, holy fuck. Like I've actually created this. Like I've actually been able to do this ground up yeah it's been really interesting even like you know people who had maybe unfollowed me years ago or people who went to school with me or like a lot of that like recirculating coming back in my world and things like that which has been really interesting like people who would have seen me run a health blog making five dollars you know what I mean like people who followed me at that stage and now they're coming back and they're like oh okay different level so there's definitely been things like that and you know, I remember getting like, how's your little Instagram page going? Like I, I remember getting those ones and stuff. And it's funny, like, obviously you meet people on the street now and no one knows who you are or what you do. And, and you're not about to say, like, if someone's like, what do you do? You're not about to be like, I'm a business coach and I'm a fucking millionaire. Like, that's not like what, so it's, it's interesting even having a conversation with people and being like, oh, I like a business coach. And they're like, oh, that's so cool. Like, what do you do? And you explain and it's like, you've got no idea, <laughs> but it's, it's fun even getting to like play in that beginner energy as well still. And I also think, I think I've been such a multifaceted person for so long. And even at the, I was at the gym the other day and the coach goes to me, so what do you actually do? I was like, I still ask myself that the same question every day. <laughs> yeah even like when I do podcast interviews and like you say like what do you do and I'm like 
That is the hardest thing to explain. <laughs> even me and you would know, like I'm quite multifaceted in, in my coaching even. And it's like, I'm passionate about, even though I'm a business coach, I still run one of my signature offers, which is a mindset course. And like, I can't let that go because I love it. So there's like the mindset piece, there's shadow work, there's business and strategy. It's like having so many parts. And I know for you, like there's been a lot of like parts of your journey where you've had different ventures and things like that. And that's been me, you know, but, but I've looked at it as evolution as opposed to pivoting and things. So, um, you know, I had someone plug into my mastermind today and said, how have you pivoted your business? And I was like, I've never actually pivoted. I've just evolved. So I've always brought people along the journey with me when I was a PT, when I was a food blogger, when I was a health and mindset coach, when I was just doing mindset and, and then like trauma and then business, like I've always just brought people along that wave with me, um, and have just evolved in that level. And it allows me to be a multi, multi multifaceted human being that does evolve and does change her mind and I just don't shame myself for that part yeah which I guess is something that you reflected to me like you don't need to see that as you know something you need to shame about yourself and it's funny because I didn't actually realize that I was shaming about myself until you were like that's so fucking cool that you've done that many things like most people will sit in their nine to five and they won't have the experience and I'm like you're so fucking right yeah. Like if I think about a lawyer that, that's been doing law for two years and they fucking hate it, but they're like, but I went to uni for five years or like whatever the degree is. So they stick out a job they fucking hate. And then they end up being a lawyer for seven years on top of that only to finally then change their mind. Like you could have changed your mind five years ago when you realized the two, the two year point. Like, so for me, I'm always way more expanded by people that are willing to just move and change and evolve in the moment rather than spending time hustling or grinding or hating any minute of their life just because they paid for a course or just because they've done a degree or just because like fucking try. Like I I'm all for people that are just willing to try things and give things a go. And that's the energy I like to play in. Um, you know, before being a coach, I went to uni, I did a three-year degree and I was that that girl that was like, I know what I'm going to be when I grow up, you know? So I, I did the degree. I worked for 10 months in the industry that I qualified for and was like, that's not for me. And I changed. And it was like within a week of me realizing that it wasn't for me, I, I went and got a job in a juice bar so I could study again. So that's always been like how I kind of like thrive is always just being willing to try things and also willing to just change if they're not right. Like, how do you know until you do it anyway? Exactly. No, I love that. And I want to speak on something we spoke about this week was how much you sat in your fucking power when you realize you're like there's no balance between business and work for me it's all coming to one I feel like that's such an interesting mindset that not a lot of people have mm, yeah like actually you saying that like I haven't heard a lot of people speaking about it but it's definitely the way and I would say I've very much adopted that from my partner um but it's really just a, a belief that I don't have a business and I don't have a personal life. I just have a life. And part of me doing my business and living my business, my business supports my evolution as a human as well. So this is something I spoke to in, even in one of my masterclasses recently is like, I wouldn't have the levels of emotional intelligence I do without my business. I wouldn't have the secure attachment in myself as I do without my business. Would I grow, do personal development? I would, but my business as time collapsed my, my um, healing because it's like, 
in the space of a week, you can navigate someone wanting a refund, um, a, a conflict arising, a family member saying, how's your little business going? Um, someone sending you a hate message, like, and it's not to say like all these things are very, very, very rare for me, but it's like when they all accumulate together at one time, it can feel like a lot, you know, like I've had I've had to hold a lot of projections and things. So for me to be able to stay, you know, anchored in my business when all of that's happening, I have to become more secure or look at my anxious attachment to sales. I have to look at my emotional intelligence and how I come out of my power if no one's buying in a day. So there's things within my business that have actually helped me grow as a human because I wouldn't have stayed in business if I didn't evolve in that way. So I look at my business as supporting my evolution as a human. So why wouldn't I want to play in my business? It's just part of me in life and growing and evolving and doing all the things. And I'm very much like um, I can be on one minute. And, I, and also my schedule is like so spacious that it's like it can be naps and brunch and then business and then a podcast and then a client call and then a walk with a friend like my 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 whole life is just a flow um and for me that's how business stays sustainable like I want a business that I can sustain and that doesn't burn me out and that energizes me and the only way I can do that is to build a business which feels like it actually supports my evolution as a human I love that yeah that's my story. <laughs> no, it's really cool because I feel like there was, well, even for me, like I've just been in so many burnouts so many times in my life at such a young age and had to step back and be like, whoa, what's going on? Like, why, why am I feeling like this? Yeah. I think it's when we go too hard at any one thing. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But there was that phase where everyone was like, like, you got to do more. You know? Yep. Yep. The hustle, the grinding. Yeah. Yep. I totally remember. I want to shift gears. Have you played into psychedelics or plant-based medicine? Um, a little bit. So mushies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mushies has kind of been um the vibe for me. And that's just like um to get to and it's always been usually with like other people either with like my partner or my best friends and things like that um just to get to like deeper levels of like honesty with myself or even like I think they're such a supportive tool for shadow work like you being able to like really exaggerate and blow up your shadows in a way that you kind of like have to look at them if you choose to like uncover things so I usually do it in a very intentional way where it's like we'll usually like journal before and like ask questions like like life or thought-provoking questions and then they'll go in a jar or something and then we you know we'll have some dinner take some mushies and then it's like we we ask each other the questions and it brings you into a state of like radical honesty and stuff like that um with that I'm very very big on leaning into intuition and not doing things from a state from from a place of like the outcome so for example, like ayahuasca, I, I don't feel called. Do I think that that would be transfer, like transformative, life-changing, the downloads will come through? Yes, but I know I would be doing it from a place of ego, not from a place of my body, my soul, and my spirit saying, hey, this is the path for you right now. So um, I feel like the next one for me where I'm probably being a little bit more called is probably like something like DMT. Um, but I haven't played in that realm. I've just played in the realm of mushies. Yeah. Yeah. So it was funny, I was actually listening to uh, another podcast I was doing and so psychedelics and 
like MDMA is actually becoming legal in the US? Yeah, um, MDMA is already legal in some places, mm. isn't it? In some parts of the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I was like, wow, I, I can't believe like how much society has changed from like obviously decriminalizing, you know, marijuana and now this coming into play. I think in like just, it's like some forms of like people who actually need that psychiatric help. But I was like, wow, that that's like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I'm like very pro that, like what, what mm. I, what I've like seen and heard and suffer from a lot of other people is like its ability to like heal trauma and like, um, mm. you know, regulate your nervous system and like really time collapse. A lot of healing is, is pretty insane. Mm. Yeah. A hundred percent. I did, um, ayahuasca actually in Newcastle and it was like me, Blake and another girlfriend, we went down and we, you know, we had sat down with the shaman and I remember walking into his place and there was like these skulls everywhere. And all of a sudden I was like, am I ready for this? It was, it is definitely not something to take lightly. And I think that people that do abuse that, even our shaman said was like, I actually don't want to heal normal, like regular fine people. I want to use like mother ayahuasca to be able to heal people who actually need it. Mm. And so when he was kind of explaining that to us, I was like, wow, this is something that it really can be abused, but if it's used in the right way with the right intentions, it can transform people's lives. What you just said, the right intention, like I think intentionality is so important. And anyone that I know that's even dabbled in anything like that without intentionality has had a very bad experience. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Like, whereas everyone I know that's had a been very, very intentional has had a very good experience, or even if it was a bad experience, their perception of it was still good. Yeah. 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 And it was really interesting. So this guy actually grows like the, the ayahuasca vine in his backyard and it shouldn't grow here, obviously, because it's meant for the Amazon. And I remember like after going through five hours of like the whole experience, we went outside and I remember just like bawling my eyes out like under the moon next to the ayahuasca vine. And it was just this like deep experience where I was like, wow, I actually feel so grounded within my body right now. And the next few days were actually the hardest for me to then reintegrate back into society. Mm, that's kind of cool though. There's like, I've I listened to some um, podcasts by Aubrey Marcus. Do you know? Aubrey? So I had, so this is what the podcast I'm talking about. So I had Whitney Miller, his ex that he had the open relationship with. I was in a mastermind with her. Oh my God. So she was on my podcast and that's who told me about the Wow. Yes, yeah, she's a vibe. Oh my God. I actually love her. Do you know she's doing country music now? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. She was pivoting when I was in the mastermind with her. Like she came, I remember her coming into the mastermind. Um, she was doing more like sex coaching and stuff at the time. And she came in and she was like, I think I want to do music. And I was like, this is just cool. Yeah, she's such a boss, actually. Yeah. Um, it was so funny. Me and Blake at this time, we were obsessed with them too as a couple, just listening because they obviously documented their whole podcast. And we were just like, when they broke up, like we had a morning period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool, cool couple. But yeah, Aubrey, he's got quite a few podcast episodes on his experience with like plant medicine, stuff like that. And it just sounds like when I'm ready, when I, when I'm called, I'm, I'm called, you know what I mean? Like from mm. a perspective of like what I would love to experience from that, I'm very, very ready, but it's like, I just feel like in my body that it's not like a soul calling yet. Yeah. Yeah. 
No. And I feel like that's, I feel like that's really rare to be able for like for anyone to listen to that because I, and it's, it's even funny, like the, the conversations that I've heard people had, they're like, well, should I do it? And it's like, well, you know, it's, it's up, it's definitely a calling scenario where it's like, am I actually ready in your body? Because it's, it's such a thing that it shouldn't be take, taken lightly. Yeah. Like even for me with like uh, mushies from the time of like me feeling cold, I waited to see if it like came back into my physical reality a few times. Like I waited and I was like, okay, this feels good. If it's something where the conversation is just like dropped in from someone else or, or there's like some signs and synchronicities and things and not even from just like a super spiritual level, for, but from me just like checking. And then it was like, and when every time it came back into my awareness, how I would feel about it or in my body when it did. And I was always like, yeah, cool. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's amazing that you've listened to that. Now, I want to go into a little segment, which is like you spilling the tea around your relationship. So you just got engaged. How exciting. Yes. Yes, I I did. Woo! When is the wedding and are you going to have babies soon? <laughs> so everyone's asking about the wedding and we just don't know. Like we've spoken about it. We're like, do we want to do it like in like Queensland, Gold Coast, Melbourne, like the Maldives? Like, do we want to go to Greece, like Europe? Like, um, do we want to elope? So where we're at right now is whether it's in Australia and whether it's overseas and whether we elope together or whether it's a small intimate wedding. So we do know that it'll be small, very like um traditional but non-traditional so we won't have groomsmen we won't have bridesmaids it will be very much about us as a couple coming in unison um very very small intimate a lot of people potentially upset they won't be invited but it's like it's we, we picture like 20 people kind of vibe so that's the vibe we're going with um and in terms of babies and stuff that is that is very much on the cards, I'm sure. So we've had conversations about that. Um, we are both very clucky, um, but we also are very business focused. So it's like, yeah, we're just navigating that. That's exciting. I know. I feel like coming in right now is like the small weddings. I went to a big wedding and I was a bridesmaid and I was like, oh my God, this is too much work. It's too much. It's too, It actually pulls you out of like the the frequency of what the day is. Like for me, I'm like, mm-hmm. hang on, like a wedding is us actually like uniting as a couple, and like it, this is us like in a moment in time, like really pinpointing and anchoring in our love for each other, and then it just becomes this like um. I don't know, like not monetized, but you get what I mean? Like it just becomes yeah. like a bit of a show. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with that because some people like they have a lot of fun, but I'm like, that's just doesn't feel fun to me. I a hundred percent agree. And for, for women that are like struggling to go deeper with their partner, what is some kind of space you've made for like time for in your relationship to be able to deepen that connection? Yeah. So where we're at now, it's a very, it's a flow. So it's like, Mm -hmm. we just go between the flow of playfulness and then depth. Like, you know, we're walking to get our morning coffee and I'm like, where are you being incongruent right now? Like, you know, like there's just like, that's just our flow. But there was a time where that wasn't a natural state of flow in our relationship. Um, So we used to do things where we would do kind of like check-ins with each other. So we would do things like um, what's something and obviously you have to be prepared to just like fully drop your ego and take ownership of whatever comes up. Like that's important disclaimer. Um, But we would always say like we would have questions like um, 
what something that I'm doing or, or being or has been a pattern that I'm doing in the relationship that actually doesn't feel good for you or that or that you don't really like. And being able to actually hold, um, I actually don't like that you do this or you can be this sometimes is like um, can be very, very uncomfortable um but also just being open to just knowing that where the the goal was always to go deeper within the relationship and things like that so I'll just be like transparent. One of the things early daily, this is probably about four years ago, um, that my partner reflected at the time is like, I don't like that sometimes he can be a bit controlling. And at that time, I had no conscious awareness of like that word didn't even identify within my concept of self that that I even was that. Like I actually identified as the laid back girl. And so I remember at the time being like, okay, confused. <laughs> But also tell me more. Like I was like, can you give examples? Um, and he was said to me and he was like, you know, it's little things. It's like if we go grocery shopping and I'm driving, you know, I'm driving to the grocery shops. He's like, you always say park there. Like you don't just trust me to park the car. And I was like, fuck, I do do that. You know, if it's like there's two rices to pick from, get that rice. Like rather than just letting me pick, like they're both rice. Like, do you know what I mean? Like there would be little things where I'm like, park here, do that, grab that. Can you like very kind of like um, how you picture like the typical mom in a movie to her husband with the baby. Like that's kind of like, and and I saw myself and I was like, wow, I do do that. And from it, from the masculine feminine polarity um, aspect, that's a fucking buzzkill. So looking at things like that, um, you know, I had opened up to him about that, that I like his communication and like um, that I wanted him to be able to communicate better rather than like he's, when we speak to uh, attachment styles, he's avoidant and anxious. So, you know, being able to speak to things like that, like I don't like when you go avoidant and I need you to stay grounded and anchored. And like, we would always just say things we didn't like. Um, And then the opposite of that, what's something I, you would love more from me? Or if I did, would make you feel loved, supported or connected within the relationship? Oh, when you take time to do this, oh my God, I feel so loved. So it would be little things like that. Um, and it's always bringing into states of being like that. And then eventually it got to a point where we would actually just sit down and ask each other more like deep questions in life. So as I said, like, where are you noticing that you're being incongruent right now? Or where have you been feeling disconnected in the relationship? What do you feel like, is there anywhere in your life you feel like you've fallen out of integrity recently? And so just asking each other actually deeper questions. And I actually believe we bond as couple as couples when we actually learn more about who we are on a really deep human level as well. So opening up a space where we could actually fully see each other at more of a soul level by just asking deeper questions has been very, very healing and expansive for us. Wow. I feel like you need to like drop a fucking masterclass or program around this. Like your passion just then was like, like I can just see the, the like inner work that both of you have clearly done to be able to be like, wow, I actually unconditionally see you for who you are. And that's huge because there's so many relationships and I see them all the time where there's so many conditions. And even myself, I've had to really check myself because I haven't been in a relationship in a really long time that I was like having these really high expectations where I was like, why do I have them? Like that's my shit to work through. Yeah. And sometimes there's a lot of conditioning around what should or shouldn't be okay in, in, in relationships or how people act and show up and things like that. And I remember my partner being like shocked how laid back I was in terms of like, if he wanted to go on a boys weekend or, and I was like, okay, cool. That sounds really fun. And it was kind of like, 
is this a trick? Like, you know, but we're like so conditioned. There's a lot of like conditioning. And I think like the biggest issue I see in relationship is just insecurity of the individual. And the more there's an insecurity in either individual, you'll actually bring out each other's insecurities further. So very much we've taken responsibility for our own growth and healing. You know, he worked with a mindset coach. He's working with another one at the moment. So we very much take responsibility for our own healing, our own like security and confidence in who we are as people. And the more secure we are in ourselves, the more our ego gets to drop as well. So that's that's been really, really powerful is like doing things for ourselves that allow us to have an ego, like our ego dissolve further so we can actually create a safer space together to explore those kind of things. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's that's honestly beautiful. Like I'm like, girl, like you need to like speak to this because like I feel like there's some good good juicy shit that a lot of people need and I think relationships are so personal that not a lot of people will speak to this and really an authentic way to be like this is actually what's making my relationship go deeper because it's it's quite challenging especially having you know a masculine man that sometimes can't actually get into that depth but really the the woman's not actually knowing how to ask those right questions to be able to get that information out then to connect on a deeper level yeah yeah 100 percent. it's like that's the feminine's role is to push the masculine to his depths like that's her role and a a power as the feminine is she takes the masculine deeper um but there also needs to be from the masculine there needs to be safety set up within the container to explore the depths but then there needs to be clear communication from the feminine around what she needs for him to create a safe space so it's like always just like being able to like go back and forth in and things like that which can like create a lot of safety within a relationship yeah hundred percent. Is there anything new you've been doing in the bedroom? Um, more day sex. Like that's so random. That's so random. I love that. Yeah. But like we, and cause we have conversations about this too, around just like where we're feeling in our sex life at any time. Like how's it going? Oh, we could, we could be having more sex or we could be, you know, things like that. Mm. Um, so my, I, I would say my partner's like had a few more mornings. Like he's usually like up at like 5am to the gym, like things like that. A couple of like, he's trying to just have a few mornings where he'll lay in with me. Cause I'm like, fuck, I'm so much more energized in the morning. Like I want to have morning sex. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to fuck when I've had like a long day. And like, while that can be fun too, it's like majority of the time. So having sex at times where I actually have more energy so we can actually be more playful and things like that. So um, just bringing in like having, honestly having better sex because we're having more day sex. So there's more like intentionality. We're not rushed. We're not tired. Um, that's been, that's been a whole vibe. I love that. If there could be one kink that you'd want to try, what would it be? One kink? Um, I don't know what it would be but I feel like something like uh mischievous in terms of like somewhere we could get caught but like not the like I've done the beach thing I've done like I don't know something a little bit naughty in that sense where it's just like a bit out of the ordinary kind of vibe yeah that would be uh, yeah okay there you go Oscar we've gotten a little hint here (laughs) um (laughs) all right I want to do some rapid fire questions. We've got six. I'm going to start with who would be your celebrity hall pass? I'm the worst person to ask this for. Like I'm actually. Okay. Okay. What about who would be Oscar's 
celebrity? Like, is there anyone that you'd be like, I'll give you a hall pass for no. If there was, I'll give him a hall pass, but like, not nah, we're not like big celebrity people. They're not, nah, I've got no okay. one. No oh, one. Okay. Nah, I've got no one. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm not like a celeb person. Okay. No, that's cool. If you could relocate anywhere in the world, where would it be? <sighs> it would be, I fucking love where I live. So that's hard, but I reckon probably either like Gold Coast, um, if I'm going to stay in Australia or um, like California, if I was going to do somewhere else, I'd go to America. Yeah. Sweet. What yeah. makes you feel sexual? Um, what makes me feel sexual? Um, just being in my body. So like, um, music, I would say one Mm -hmm. and feeling in my body, you're seeing myself in my body. So dancing and music would be like my two main ones. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I feel like there's been such a thing these days where we all just dance on our Instagram and we're all like, yeah, get it girl. Yeah, after like the the era of slut shaming, it's like we're all like rec- reclaiming our sexuality, and I yeah. love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm like, whoa, you got some good dance moves because like, we're all doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I really like it. What's your pet hate in the coaching industry? This is gonna sound um, ironic because I'm basically gonna pet hate, but you'll get it. Um, mm-hmm. But people pulling down other people in the coaching industry. So it's like Mm -hmm. um, whenever people give the coaching industry blanket statements and they're like, the everyone in the coaching industry is greedy or everyone's bitchy or everyone's copying or like, I don't know, whatever the story is. I like, I hate when people like, cause I view the coaching industry as the most empowering, full of potential, mm-hmm. gives people freedom. Like people are growing and evolving. And, and I, and I hate when people see it in such a pessimistic way um, and where they really try, or even I would say when people's marketing strategy is pulling down everyone else. So they get to feel superior and better. That's like, that's my pet peeve. I'm like, just stay in your power. That's my vibe. Yeah, that's so interesting. Mm. Even the way that you worded that, because I feel like there there has been a, a lot of times where you do see that in people's marketing material. Yeah, it's like mm. like if you point out what everyone else is doing wrong, then your audience must think that you're better or superior because you wouldn't, God forbid, do that. Mm. Yeah, and I've got one more last question. In your friend group, who would you marry? Um. Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> Who would I marry? Oh my gosh. Can we have like a three-way? <laughs> sure. I mean, it's the 21st century. Yeah, I would marry Tish and and Felicity because mm. Felicity would keep me very grounded, very stimulated, and I know we would continue to evolve together. And Tish is very, very thoughtful and would bring a lot of romance to our marriage. Oh, okay. I see you, girl. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. She would be like the light, the maiden, the the romanticized things. That's very much her energy. She's very thoughtful. Um, but then Felicity, I, I know she would like always evolve my mind. So I'd never be bored in our marriage. Perfect. Well, if all else fails, you know, you got that. (laughs) (laughs) Got backups. Got backups. Perfect. (laughs) And what's next for the world of Jesse? Like, I know you've got your retreats. What else is coming up for you? 
Yeah. So started a new business with my best friend. Um, so that's going to be like a whole vibe in and of itself. So doing the retreats and things like that. For me, very much where I'm at is like doing like just extra shit from a state of overflow. So do I need, do I believe that I need professional photos to build my brand? No, because I built like a seven figure business without professional photos, taking photos from my iPhone but it's cool if I get professional photos, you know, things like, should I hire a videographer? Do I want to start recording my pod, like filming my podcast? Do I want to outsource to a podcast manager? Like really just looking at things of like, what's like the next level boss CEO version doing what's like, um, refining things, amplifying, amplifying things, streamlining things. So that's very much like the energy I'm freak. Like I, I'm like, yeah, tapping into the frequency of just like CEO shit, you know? Yeah, I'm so excited for your rebrand. It already looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited. So that should be done very, very soon. And then from just like a, a product offer kind of vibe, um, I'm going, I'm working on building out like a big mama branding course. Ooh. Mm. Has that been spoken about? Sorry, it hasn't. Oh my God, you heard it here first, the tea, JWT. Yeah. <laughs> I'm spilling all the tea. But yeah, like uh, you would know a lot of my programs recently have been very like quick, potent, three-week kind of vibes on on different topics. Like this will be a little bit longer, a little bit more fleshed out and really like for the people who who don't want to just build business, like they want to build personal brand and build businesses that feel light and fun and playful and built off their personality is like that's going to be my people. So that's very much what it's going to be for. And when is this going to launch? Um, potentially like December, December, Jan, I reckon. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Jessie. Thank you for having me, babe.